Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. We said we were going to do it. And we're following the ghoulies to college. <laughs> oh, no. No, we're not. <laughs> Dude, no, no, man. I can't go on board This is big. That. So over the last, like, two months on this movie podcast, I'm Eric. I'm Charlie. This is a movie podcast. We talk about movies we love here, and feels like the name we've been bringing up in every episode is our boy Billy Friedkin. Yeah. We saw To Live and Die in L.A. in a theater, and we've been entranced ever since. Been thinking about it for, what, two months now? Can't stop thinking about To yeah. Live and Die in L.A. Can't same, stop thinking about same it. Same with uh, Cruisin'. We watched, uh, I, I watched Cruisin' for the first time. Can't stop thinking about Cruisin', man. About six months my, ago, and can't get it out of my head. I'm, I'm going to the White Swallow. I'm going to the Toolbox. I can't stop thinking about Cruisin', right? Yeah. No, I want to. I want <laughs> we talk about Friedkin so much ever since we're just falling deeper and deeper in love. The joke's been that this is a Friedkin cast. That is, yeah. And instead, we're doing shit like ghoulies. <laughs> we're wasting our time. We're wasting doing, our time. We're wasting listeners' time. We're doing the Barbarian Brothers. Yeah, I know, right? I love it. But Friedkin, man, he died, right? <laughs> is he that died. why we're doing this? He died, yeah, he right? He passed away. Oh, man. We had plans for Barbie or uh, we no. didn't even talk. I was out of town last week, so we didn't even talk. Paul Rubens died. Oh, my gosh. So I was like, oh, well, we're going to do a Pee Wee's Big Adventure episode. Have and to. then, yeah, this is a the day after. Day after. The news this is broke. hot off the presses so Friedkin episode. Heard that yesterday and then just knew we had to get back. All in, I've been doing the for the last saddle. 24 hours is looking up Friedkin interviews mm-hmm. and watching Friedkin clips. The guy's the best. The guy was a treasure, and uh, love all of his movies. I love the moral ambiguity. I love the the uh, entertaining car chases. Insane stuff. I love how dark they can get. And the, he's the realest film director, man. You he know. Is, they, these are real movies. Yeah. And when uh, I heard the news yesterday, the first movie that came to mind was Sorcerer. Yeah. And uh, Totally. I, I got to tell you, though, never seen it before. Yes, never saw. It you've before. been wanting to watch this. I know you've pushed this, this since movie the start of this top podcast. Of my to watch list for a decade. I mean, I've been wanting to watch this movie, but it just never happened. We all have big ones, yeah, that are just hanging out that we've just been waiting to see for whatever reason. Yeah, especially for me. One. And I've been had... I've been holding out because I've been di- saw it years ago. Mm-hmm. Been di- figured some theater would be showing Sorcerer near me. I've been dying to see this on a big screen. So yeah. I've been holding out, but last night it was just like, oh, I have to watch Sorcerer or Jade. No, I'm doing Sorcerer. Yeah, All right, we're doing Sorcerer. Jade might, Jade's coming. Jade's coming soon. But man. We had definitely talked about wanting to do something from the 70s, his most, you know, yeah. Maybe we've covered, we've covered uh, Cruising kind of and To Live and Die stuff. in the 80s. Yeah. We covered Killer Joe. Yeah. His last movies. And one of his greatest movies, right? Nothing but hits. Freaking. I would do Blue Chips. Oh, right yeah. now, man, I would do Absolutely. blue chips. 
He did a Chevy Chase movie. <laughs> I, I didn't believe you. Yeah. You, <laughs> you still don't. Because yeah. like, you you described it as like Chevy Chase and Sigourney Weaver. I'm like, oh, yeah, something like 93, 94. The time is like almost anachronistic, and right? Then, then it, you said it's like maybe the next like one. It's like 79. <laughs> he does a Chevy Chase, he's, Sigourney Weaver. He's like, immediately post-SNL Chevy Chase movie. trafficking comedy or wait, something. Wait, Arms trafficking comedy. Gregory Hines, you say? I don't know, man. We got to do... Memoirs of an Invisible Man and Deal of the Century. Whenever, whenever we lose Chevy, we'll uh, we'll get on those. God, but can't wait. Uh, <laughs> but I thought it was so. Yeah, it was like to me. Uh, I've seen The Exorcist. Yeah, a handful of times. I've seen seen French that connection yeah. a handful of times. You know, I'm familiar with those movies. But I always wanted to see Sorcerer, and uh, I'm glad I did because this is oh, the tops. This is the the tippy tops of Friedkin's I, career here. I know we. This is we, an amazing movie. Every time we do Friedkin, we always hype ourselves up over the length of the episode. Is like, is this the master? Is this the one? Mm-hmm. It's so great that every one of these guys, man, I would I would form an alliance with any Friedkin movie and argue it as number one. Totally. I cannot wait to argue Jade as number one. <laughs> I can't wait because I, I there's no way you can say this is his best movie because he made movies like The Exorcist. Yeah, but uh, this is but this is his this best is like movie. the Dark Horse best movie candidate yeah. for sure. It's like the most uncompromising, bleakest, which I love, uh, dirtiest, grimiest, grimy as hell, uh, balls to the wall, all out, and it's about four guys driving two trucks. Real slow. Real slow that Real feels slow. like the fastest I've ever seen a and truck it is, move. And it, yeah, it's the best, fastest-paced, thrilling, crazy crime jungle drama you've ever seen. I say this a lot about different movies we watch, but man, even though this is adapted from a movie that exists, mm-hmm. nothing like Sorcerer. Nah. Nothing like this. Is, this movie is tense. It is intense. It is a thriller that is thrilling. This is, I started this late last night after 10 p.m. And I was talking to myself saying like, hey, you know, you got an early day tomorrow. Had a really <laughs> long work day. A right. lot of might stuff going on. Might split this up into two. Might have to, yeah, might yep. have to stop this. And five minutes in, I'm like, there's no way I'm stopping Sorcerer. Right. <laughs> like I'm obviously watching this till 1230. Yeah. And uh, I knew just the bare bones plot of it and the fact that, you know, Roy Scheider's in it, uh, who I sh- love. Big Scheider guys. Yeah. But not knowing anything about this, like this movie just hooks you immediately and never lets go and never tells you shit. No, man. That you don't need to know. And just you you jumped just, into you like. You really do just come along for this crazy ride around the globe yeah you're getting like a highlight reel five minutes in of like palestinian terrorist bombings parisian bank securities fraud like bingo gang holdups the the introduction of our four main characters i've never i I can't think of any other movie that does it this well no man how could you not be in love with this entire movie just from this opening scene when this movie came out in 77 yeah the same weekend as Star Wars, which just messed <laughs> everything help, up. Didn't help. This is this was a, a bomb. Busted. And uh, Critics hated it. Yeah. No Critics one hated it. it. People stopped going. Theaters <laughs> realized, hey, that week we showed Star Wars, Lot tons better. more people here <laughs> than that week we showed Sorcerer. We're going to go back to doing that. Yeah. And that was it. Sorcerer had like a one-week run. They're like, 
we're probably going to just show this other one that everybody wants to see. Everybody. Instead of your two-hour sad Which is a shame. That, that had a real naked lunch of a title. <laughs> see, I know. <laughs> I do have the dumb question of what does the title refer Man. to? Was the truck named Sorcerer? Did Imagine they name the truck Sorcerer? The truck, the truck was Sorcerer, I guess, but you never <laughs> see the truck. No, there's no shot that's just like, oh, that's the Sorcerer. <laughs> right. You know, you see the Lazaro like way more from the front than you see the Sorcerer. But yeah. anyway, th- put yourself in 77, <laughs> right? And there's a movie opening at once called Star Wars and then another called like Sorcerer. Mm-hmm. It's just a wizards and space fighting fest, right? And then add to the Sorcerer poster saying like, from the director of The Exorcist. It was like, oh, we're definitely getting sorcery. This. Right. This we are obviously getting sorcery here. with the devil yeah. in this movie, right? There's nothing else this movie can be about. Oh, it's a truck? It's a, it's an old it's M211 guys. International. Uh, I see four guys in the jungle. Holy I know. God. Well, you gotta sit. Yeah, I mean, to the audience's defense, if you go into a movie called Star Wars and they're having a war in the stars, you you leave happy. I mean, you go see Sorcerer and you get this movie, <laughs> and I mean, you're like dressed up like King Arthur, ready to go. Th- this would be like going to see customer. Star Wars, and it was just about like like diamond mine fights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Star Wars, really? It's about <laughs> diamond fi- mine pit fighting. I mean, I'm not Still saying like I'm not, like wouldn't be way into it. Yeah, but I bet I bet this pissed off a lot of people, and everybody was wrong. They were wrong. Everybody was wrong. Coming into Sorcerer Blind, this should have changed worlds. I mean, this is. I love a kind of movie, which is like strangers who kind of don't trust and or hate each other mm. but they have to work together or else they will blow up or die some other horrible way i love it and this has all those classics of like a treasure of the sierra madre oh, absolutely yeah kind of thing right right but mixed with that incredible decade of the 70s where directors were like i'm gonna put everybody on set in danger <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be real like this is gonna be raw like coppola's go to the philippines right and friedkin's just like i'm going to i don't know ecuador <laughs> colombia and yeah we're gonna blow a lot of shit up yeah lots of stuff's going and friedkin man you know when he does crime movies they all feel so raw and real because he just hires non-union criminals <laughs> to just work on his movies to live and die in LA, it's just like, yeah, I want the guy that does the best counterfeit money, and then I just want to film him yep. doing it. That's it. Oh, that guy and I, yeah, we're friends. Mm-hmm. Every Friedkin story is like him, just like, Hired oh, we some getaway drivers to do the stunts. Yeah, yeah. There are multiple criminals in Sorcerer. Of course, there are. Oh, this movie's nothing but bad guys. Yeah, there's not a good guy to be found in this movie. That's and it, they're not even anti-heroes. These are just bad guys. Who all is essentially have to be exiled to this remote village in the jungle, and I yeah the this, the vignettes that set this up the the hitman, just like a two minute hitman scene real quick walks out of the building you're like what the hell was that all of a sudden we're in Jerusalem following these yeah, guys around Jerusalem and you're like wait what happened to hitman and then Jerusalem you're like wait sums up with these guys and Who are these as, suspicious guys a, smoking and they leave a backpack on the steps and as soon as they get on the bus i'm like i know exactly what's gonna happen now 
and then still that explosion blew my mind right off the bat this is why i need to see us in the theaters just watching it at home every explosion in this movie filled with explosions like shook me yeah i'm not meaning in necessarily a physical sense i'm saying just the art of capturing an explosion on film yeah i gasped multiple times in sorcerer the shocking like suddenness the noises in this movie god the sound the unexpectedness yeah the unexpected explosion uh, especially this first one in Jerusalem and the shaky cam kind of documentary style yes. rush in that he does feels very, you know, I mean, this again, 77 post Vietnam. It feels very much like his apocalypse now kind of stuff Dude. right off the bat. And yeah. then uh, we follow, yeah, the, the bomber, his friends get ca- captured or killed and he gets away. Yeah. Then none, of these to... pe- none of these people are talking, by the way. We oh, are yeah. just picking no up on dialogue. like the vibes of what these people are following, going through, right? Purely visuals. This is a very visual-based and movie. The whole movie's like this. Yeah. There's hardly any dialogue for long stretches of this movie. And you're just dedicated to watching the, the action. And uh yeah, as soon as we got to that guy, and then we then we cut to Paris, France. I'm like, oh, what are we going to get? <laughs> what is happening in Paris? And it's a bank fraud criminal. What? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> oh, I love no it. explosions in Paris. I'm loving these. Uh, <laughs> you know, these we're learning so much about these people who are, you know, not even like barely talking to us or the, each other. Right. Yeah. We're just soaking up these different like people that are uh, suddenly having to flee the scene. Yeah. yeah, People's lives causing nothing but damage and then themselves getting sent like packing. And oh man, by the time we're getting to Parisian securities fraud (laughs) and this guy is kind of playing it cool and suddenly we're in, you know, modern Barry Lyndon sets with this gorgeous ornate like offices and uh, guys talking to his hot publisher wife and it's like, who mm. is this? We, don't, we have no idea. This movie just seems like completely unrelated to the events that we've just witnessed, right? Exactly. But but you can tell they're setting you up for this other guy. Like, they, you, you're kind of following along now. Like, okay, we're getting these vignettes. Uh, but yeah, the guy's like dining on escargot and then uh, literally has to just run away. He on foot when his partner <laughs> shoots himself in the head. His partner and brother-in-law. Yeah, leaves yeah. his wife inside the escargot place and literally hoofs it. God, I just out that. of frame. I loved watching that. Oh my god! Because the whole the during that scene in particular, they're playing this music cue that I swear was in like a Wes Anderson movie, like a Rushmore or something. <laughs> they little like ding, 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 ding. it has maybe this, Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, and just seeing this guy in a suit, just like looking around and then booking it down the road. Well, his brother said. So funny. By the way, uh, this is another PG Roy Scheider classic. This is it a is. PG movie. Five minutes in, there's a mosque bombing. <laughs> there, and a suicide. There's a dude shoot, blowing his brains out <laughs> through the back window of his Porsche. <laughs> yep. Like, and then it just shows the guy, the back of the guy's head blown. This is a PG flick. What was red happening in 1977? Really red blood. Oh, it's that harder they fall red paint. Yeah, blood. I love it. The Throughout. visuals in this, like you said, such a visual movie. I love how just that deep green jungle that we get for so much of this Mm -hmm. and that red, red blood. But man, so this guy runs down the street, brother-in-law's dead, 
15 million francs in fraud for his father-in-law's company. This guy's married to the publisher and just committing the securities uh. fraud. Later on, he'll do arbitrage. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but we haven't even gotten a Roy Scheider. Then we, yeah, then we go to Jersey, right? Elizabethtown, New Jersey, and, when uh, some uh, Irish thugs hold up a, what? A church? A church? <laughs> during a wedding. a church. What is happening in this scene? The bride with the black eye Dude. getting married? <laughs> what is that? That's bro? where I'm going. Friedkin, you maniac. What a, right? Just what a this, nut. Just showing the, these small-time mobsters, like, shooting a priest, collecting money in the in the back. And then they cut to this wedding, and the gro- groom's all, like... <laughs> This is, a, and the this is a full Sunday morning black Catholic eye. wedding. Holy cow. That bride had a shiner. And that's, that's You don't dress he, that up a bit for your wedding? You could say so much already in this movie without saying a thing. It's another classic Friedkin thing where to make things look good, and everything looks good in a mm-hmm. Friedkin movie, he just hires criminals that do the work. The guy, the leader of the Irish gang that Scheider's the driver for. Right. That guy just was a dude that robbed a church. <laughs> there was one church where all the uh, you know the money was sent to that one church from all the other parishes and then divided up accordingly. Mm-hmm. And he hit the church. And then Freakin says, yeah, I also know members of the Gambino crime family, so I'm going to get some of those guys oh in. Oh, my God. This guy authentic. just knows criminals They're and very brings authentic. them into the movies, and it feels real. Yeah, the thick Irish accents on those guys. Oh, yeah. Pretty intense. T- so the two other guys... I saw this interview with him. God, Friedkin interviews are amazing. Go right. watch every Just Friedkin YouTube interview. That, right? You can yeah. find the guy is hilarious. He tells it like a T.S. I mean, he, <laughs> just, he does not hold back, and he knows everything. Doesn't he's care. amazing. And he's talking about these guys, and they're asking him about if the other two guys were in the Irish, you know, mafia. And, he's, and he goes, no, but they were in his world. And then he starts going on about how one of them was in the IRA. Oh, jeez. <laughs> like, shit. Just to hire these guys for like two days worth of work? Yeah. Oh, it gets way better later on. When they blow up that tree in the way, he brought in like an actual arsonist oh, that he knew yeah. from New York. A guy that used to set buildings on fire <laughs> for the insurance money. Named something crazy. He had an insane name like Marty the Torch. Oh, like a, just like a guy that's like, oh yeah, you get Marty. They don't make it like that bur- anymore. No, right? and Friedkin just knew these guys, <laughs> and so he's bringing these freaks to I don't know the Dominican. Mm-hmm. I think so. To like all to Dominican, South America, parts of Mexico. All I, of, I, don't I don't know where the, it was supposed to be. I know. Yeah, like, I love how the jungle is never like you're never really told exactly where they are. I couldn't tell if it was the, the Colombia and Ecuador, and like eight of those other South America flags are all like using the same yellow blue. Mm-hmm. And red, I don't. I just don't remember the order. So it's one of those. All the places dictators there, look right? the same on the poster. Yeah. Could be Panama. I don't know. It doesn't matter, man. Once they these... don't know, dude. That's what, what's so freaking great. gives me such like you and I. We're car guys. Uh huh. We're like gearheads. Given right, we like cars. Yeah, we talk about them like crazy. We did a lot on the last uh, Roy Scheider movie we talked about. Yeah, man. Seven Ups. Seven Ups. A lot of car talk. And the greatest car chase in history and to live and die in L.A. Mm-hmm. Friedkin gives me such like car horror. I don't trust people in cars anymore. 
fucking freaking movies, man. Anytime somebody gets in a car, I'm just like watching side panels. I'm waiting for somebody to just get T-boned. Never take your eyes I'm, off the road. No. He's taught the second, me that much. Second somebody gets, it's like if you're at a bar and you a fight breaks out and you hear that like bar kind of go, <laughs> like yeah. that little stool scoot sound. Like somebody slams a, do- a car door in a freaking movie. It's like, uh-oh. <laughs> like it is a dog when you're going to, to the leash closet, man. Yeah. I perk up. I did notice that we, yeah, we get our big car crash right off the top here. Is Roy Scheider the worst driver in a Friedkin movie of all time? I mean, a guy... (laughs) This is pretty bad. He's driving in a pretty empty road, takes his eyes off the road, and a big truck crosses their path. I mean, a guy pulled a gun in the car. Yeah. A member of the IRA pulled a gun. He gets distracted. Any one of those guys could have had a nail bomb on him. He had one job, Roy. Yeah. He was probably all drunk. Yeah. Oh, and, <laughs> and it was all for like they're all like divvying up just like 67k boys i'm just like boy i know like inflation was that's probably not in that much but yeah once you're divvying up four ways that's like you're divvying up like a red lobster gift certificate you shot a priest in the stomach <laughs> for it oh man these guys are just getting in deep are- we, we've gotten into four different men's lives maybe more who are all just getting into it too deep. That's exactly what you're getting. We're yeah. starting like four different bad lieutenants within like a 10-15 minutes. Four different vignettes of guys that are just have to disappear. Yeah. They have no other choice. Who could not be immediately hooked by this? The premise yeah. of four guys. And this is get- like 20 minutes. This is a good like chunk of the movie Yeah, before we even get to the jungle. And uh, yeah, when Scheider's Got to get out of that car wreck. The hydrants Dude, going. That car wreck. The dudes, again, are just painted in blood. How is that PG, man? Those <laughs> bodies were like dead car crash bodies. They had a Broken lot of blood in the street, going. hanging out of cars. Just Scheider's all bloodied up, limping down the street. His friend tells him, you know, that he's wanted. And he's like, all right, you got to go to the port. You got to get on this boat. Yeah, well, he goes, the- and he's like, where am I going? And he's, he's like. I honestly don't know, right? I don't. Yeah, you you paid him two k to get you a fake passport out of here because the priest you ended up hitting was the brother of uh, the local like the, Jersey the crime boss. boss. Yeah. Whoops. Oh, these those gangsters that come in and offer to take care of them. We get some thugs. You Looking know, good. you know, freaking those guys looked authentic. Freaking, <laughs> <laughs> that's what his buddies. You know it. We yep. get, man. We get. You know it's authentic. When you get like Joe Spinell in the jungle offloading cargo planes. That was Joe Spinell. I flipped my lid when Spinell <laughs> showed up because, man, Joe Spinell looks like a guy who would like use an alias to run away <laughs> and work some Peruvian rainforest yeah, cargo right. job, right? I that dude that. looks like I can buy Joe Spinell as a dude running away from something that happened in New York. I got to tell you, I, I buy all these guys. When we see Scheider and, and then eventually the Frenchman and the terrorist in the jungle, I mean, it looks like Friedkin just put them to work Dude. for like a couple of weeks and then was like, we'll come back and then we'll film the movie, but you're going to work in this coal mine. Or it was like a oil drill. Man, the oil refinery. The oil work well this, stuff. This is awful. The, the, so, the, the, the town they're in, man, where do you find this place? So I heard that this movie was going to be way different. Because there was like big names attached to this movie. No disrespect it to Shider. It, right? it could have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was this was going to be, you know, like a Steve McQueen movie. Mm. Yep. This was going to be an yep. Eastwood, right? This was going to be Jack Nicholson, or like big names were attached to this. But then at the end, they're like, 
I'm not going to go to the Dominican Republic for like the next four months. For, no, yeah, to right. do to be put to work <laughs> in the pounding rain. I'm like, no, yeah, this is such a physical movie for all these guys. They're working on the trucks. They're hammering. They're drilling. They're hacking with what, machetes. What happened in like '77, man? You know, <clears throat> wasn't rituals from like this same time? <laughs> what was happening in movies where they just like, yeah? <laughs> why were they just putting actors through it? This. The 70s dudes were just punishing guys right. out there, man. And it is all on the screen. These guys are in the shit. These guys look like they're really sweating through their shirts. Like they are like, living those don't look like costume shirts. No, man. They that are living like and they are living in poverty. Hard. Yeah. Oh, this is like dirt roads, tin shed shacks. This is a no man's land, essentially. Yeah, you are. If you want to disappear, I guess you gotta do this. But I'm thinking, especially for the Frenchman, I'm like French jail worse than this? I know. Security's doesn't fraud. Look great. He didn't he didn't even <laughs> kill a dude. All these other guys killed men. Yeah. Right? True. One guy bombed yeah, a I mean church. he caused his brother in law to kill himself. Yeah. You could argue. But that's not, not a crime. But I mean security's <laughs> fraud. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the shame is too much, but hey, we all he had to choose right then and there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how all these guys wound up in this same place, but maybe they're implying that every small little South American town is just filled with escape. I mean, it even goes too far. You said earlier how none of these guys are good guys. Also, another guy there is hiding out. It's already like he's like a Nazi. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yeah. The whole town. The whole town is filled with derelicts. Yeah. The bartender is like some old German guy who they call. And everyone's got their like Carlos or Roy (laughs) Scheider's going by Dominguez. I love it. Yeah. The French guy Serrano. Yeah. Love it. These gringos just sitting around this bar after eating, eating dirty bread. That the guy's wiping the utensils on his shirt. I know. I mean, they doing that in jail? Yeah, man. I mean, these guys are <laughs> these guys are in jail. In jail right? These guys are all living very different lives. That French guy was accustomed to some things. Mm-hmm. He ran away from a good life. Mm-hmm. Scheider didn't seem to be highly ranked in there, but I'm sure he did all right within the Edgewater, New Jersey. He was uh, wearing a suit Irish gang. Yeah, in that first he looked pretty you know, sharp in that hat. Right. Right? That other guy blew up a uh, well, I guess a lot of Jews. I guess <laughs> no. he really I guess he really like I guess so he's did his thing that he wanted. That the hitman kind of confuses me. So yeah, we never learn never why learned, the hitman's there. I never learned his story and why he wants to stick around. Yeah, that's a good point because uh yeah, our hitman who we only see for those two minutes in the beginning, and he never speaks. And he st- seems to do the job and get away with it and casually walk out of the hitman yeah. job. And then when he returns, yeah, he comes to town after we've already seen that Scheider, Frenchman, and terrorist are there just blending in, working. Yeah. But he shows up in his suit. He gets... Uh, Is he there hunting Nazis? And then I, he's like, you know what? I kind of like the vibes. I guess I assumed that he was like laying low. But then, yeah, to take this job that they eventually take to drive <laughs> take the nitroglycerin 200 miles, I'm going, well, maybe he's that assassin who they're going after him now or something. Yeah, or maybe they think he's did, he did the refinery job. But he's job. the guy that know. never gets a job. Like, he never blends in. No. I love that part about him. And especially at the beginning when – because there is, again, 20 minutes of meeting all these guys, and it's a good 20 minutes of just watching them live their life in oh, this I town. Oh, I loved it. I love kind that of seeing of each other across the street and then eventually having a drink at the bar. And then, like, n- like they're not, like, joining forces. They're just these four guys from different parts of the world who are kind of just now interacting in this weird 
Jungle Town. Yes, movie. The first 20 minutes jumps us in so hard to all this death, violence. We barely even talked about the Scheider car crash, which is just a violent car crash. It was hard. Crash. Just T-bones, Screeching, semi. Oh, the slamming no- into the pole. The the sound in a Friedkin movie. You know, this is the that's the only Oscar this movie got nominated for. It was like sound. Oh, really? Editing. Mm. I mean, deserved, but like, come on. Nothing else of this? Nothing else? The visual effects? Yeah, right. Was Star Production. Wars that great? The visual effects? The cinematography? No. No. This hard opening. All this death. Man, that car accident was violent. And him running away from it was violent. Mm-hmm. He, looked de- he looked near dead. Like, he barely escaped this thing and was the least casual runaway from a crime scene <laughs> least, he's ever seen. Yeah. He is Very stumbling obvious. and bleeding out and just being like, oh, God. <laughs> just like just down the middle of the road. Like, don't look for the alley. Yeah, not even run into the side. <laughs> Man, he is in the center of the street, stumbling and falling and just hoping that the 30 people in the distance behind him are not just turning around real yeah. quick. There he is. And, <laughs> but then we, once we're in, uh, I don't know, Columbia, whatever. And <laughs> we'll land on it. We say them the, all. I'm just we'll saying like the jungle. Variously We're in the right. jungle. We're in the South American jungle. And then it's like the next the whole second act of the movie. We're just like living mm-hmm. in this town with them. Muddiest by. town you've ever seen. So dirty. So dirty. I so many. Know, and these guys are filthy, man. They're covering. So it feels like I should just be like chain smoking with my like stubble during this whole episode and just be covered in grime and sweat constantly. That, yeah. It's that thick mucusy looking sweat that they're covered in and uh they oh, look tired gross. all the time oh yeah they're These sleeping guys on are... bear springs probably <laughs> yeah, i mean roy scheider looks like he's thing. in some kind of flop house or something he's got got a bed in a room with like nine other dudes yeah and all of them he just had no get money up and stretch all day that's all they that's do. all they do and, they and got... then work the hardest physical job <laughs> ever then he wears his little uh, fedora and yeah walks to the refinery I love that. And and you know it's like they never tell you how long they've been there. I love that. Which I love because these guys clearly have the skills now to work in some oil refinery. Where'd they get them skills? Yeah. How long have they been doing the grunt grunt work to get up to the to point where he can hoist good. the pipe up and screw it in? I love that. I love thinking of that. Bank French guy doesn't know how to do that when he gets to the jungle. I love how oh I know that guy is a whiz with a <laughs> with a carburetor. These guys are putting like Timing belts on shit. Yeah. <laughs> that guy who committed Wait, white. You know how to do that, that guy would have ended up in a white collar prison. <laughs> Just probably would have done fifteen months. I could do. I could do time in a white collar prison. <laughs> what am I going to do? Send me up to the yeah, that one up in South Dakota where I can just hang out and and do writing all day. Mm-hmm. It would be my dream. I hear they're turning that's San a, Quentin into a rehabilitation yeah, center. That sounds incredible. Down the road, and this guy's like, you know what? Ecuador's sounding pretty good. Better I'm throw away the lo- whole life. Yeah, yeah, I love that he doesn't say how long they're there. I love just thinking that they were there for a decade because to- exactly in this, years. Yeah, once we're living with them for a half hour, they all seem used to it. Any growing pains? Any uh, shocks? This is them? No. There's there might still be nightmares. Roy Scheider has yeah. nightmares in this yeah. movie, and. But you're in this life, right? You're just in this hell. He, they're resigned to it, yeah. Yeah. The, the eyes are so tired in this movie. All these guys. They look so tired. Yeah, so while there's not a, really a friendship kind of thing being formed, we're just seeing them live. But if I was living in, uh, you know, 
poor Benir. And like a guy that looked like you showed up in the balcony, like across <laughs> the way, and be like, I don't know this guy, but <laughs> doesn't look feels like, like our paths here. are gonna cross. Yeah. Uh, feels like we're each uh, we can be frank with I mean, each other. You know, like half the dudes in this town are criminals from other countries. It's just yeah, and like you said, there's some old German guy that never says a word. Yeah, it's clearly hiding out. I mean, from, yeah, you don't from some yeah probably Nazi related crime. If you're German and you're living in South America in the 70s, nobody has to ask any questions. <laughs> you're like, to know yeah, exactly you are what 70. you are. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you're, yeah. Once all the math checks out without even having to think hard about it, it's very clear what any German guy in this town is. Yeah. Even the one that they're trying to be like, he's kind of cool. Everybody's still just like, hey, we know he's, he gets the we good know scotch. He's a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. He gets the good scotch. Yeah. When you're living in there, you're just like, yeah, I might befriend the Nazi for scotch. Exactly. But like, what am I? Where's my moral line at this point? (laughs) You know, at this point, you're just trying to make some pesos, man. But I'm freaking as this way, not in all of his flicks, but this one, especially where you get beat in with such violence. Right. And then you go into this kind of it's still fraught with tension because all of these men work jobs where men can die. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> to have to go to another country and also work a job where like a guy or two gets killed like crushed by a pipe in front of you just yeah. a couple men up knowing, knowing that you're just like one in a line right that's a tough job mentally to go through mm-hmm. but I somehow got lulled into this life like resigned to this life because you're just spending it with them and Friedkin's right in the middle of it with this handheld camera you're in the water with guys fitting mm-hmm. pipe. You know, you're deep in these engines with just faces dripping with motor oil, right? You're right next to yeah. these guys. And I'm so lulled in that once again, I gasped loudly when the town oil refinery just goes up in this, one of the. Yeah, this was the one that shocked me the most. Incredible movie explosions you have ever seen. Massive explosion in the oil well. Yeah, it's totally cool that, like, takes you by surprise. It's a jump scare kind of thing. Charred bodies everywhere. Everything else blows up too. It's not just that one oh, thing. The, the whole camp spends about a minute blowing up. There's a lot of flammable stuff in one of these refineries. <laughs> yeah. Refinery. The whole second half of this movie is about just how impossible it is to put out a refinery fire. <laughs> yeah. The lengths men will go to, to to save the local American oil refinery. So, the, yeah, it's like the local American refinery that puts all the people into town into slave labor. Mm-hmm. And, dude, if that refinery explosion didn't shock me, the next scene, man. This is one of those things this where... This is a hard scene to watch. This was two, one of the most intense moments <laughs> for me, definitely. In the I film. was already shocked by that refinery explosion. Men running around on fire. Bodies various stages of, like, charred mm-hmm. in there. God, yeah. PG movie guys. I know, like that a can't. guy like crawling on the ground, like half his skin looks like it's gone. Yeah, just like screaming, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. No wonder Star Wars did better. The Northman would just be like <laughs> PG in 1977. Yeah, right. But man, I was so shocked by this crazy explosion. I mean, it's really cool that Star Wars like blew up a Death Star that same year. <laughs> did you see that refinery blow up? That was real. If Lucas made the Death Star blow up like that. Yeah, exactly. Then I get it. 
I've uh, never seen an explosion like maybe the Phantasm House explosion. <laughs> Holy shit, that's pretty good. That's up there. <laughs> that's an explosion. That's up there. But yeah, then it, yeah, that explosion's followed up by a, a murderous mob. The trucks come Dude. into town with the bodies. The mobs going crazy. They start grabbing the soldiers. More soldiers show up on horseback. They're More getting dragged off their getting, It is a scene of just chaos. This is a riot. How did this work so well? For, dude, I, I'm convinced. It's crazy. Friedkin. You ever seen a movie called Z by Costa Gravas? About this like I know of upheaval it. in the late 60s, yeah, right? Yeah. right? There was so much real shit in that where you knew this guy was just filming in the middle of real political riots. Mm-hmm. And I'm convinced Friedkin just goes to these other countries and like stir shit up and then they're just like go 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 or that scene in particular made me think of the big scene in uh serpent in the rainbow with the big funeral procession and stuff and how that whole thing devolved because they were paying them like three dollars instead of one dollar and then word got out so it's like maybe i could see friedkin or that you know kind of situation also happening these people looked this looks so real it's so real no i think it looks so it was like really not hard to watch, but just like intense to watch because you know it's a movie, but it's like, oh, these guys are fucked. These lines these get blurred like done. so quickly and in this scene, right? The gross plastic wrapped, oh man, charred bodies. When when the, the whole thing is just like, wow, the whole thing is set up incredibly. I love the overhead helicopter shot of mm. seeing the the scope of the refinery, mm-hmm. kind of its relationship and its distance to to town, you know. And when these trucks come back. They knew an explosion happened. You're a oh, the whole town. town. The whole town is Word aware something happened, yeah. right? And when they bring back a truckload of just bodies in bags in various stages of charred or kind of bloodied up in charred and just literally start body surfing the bags, man. I know every film that's filmed in South America about political unrest has done like, like Salvador – Definitely mm-hmm. just filming in the middle of like political unrest, right? Yeah. Definitely, like you notice in this scene, none of our actors are in this scene. Yeah, this is a Roy Scheider and other guys free scene of just the villagers Man. mobbing. Once the villagers start flipping out over their boys getting murdered by this American fire, and guys are getting pulled out of their trucks, and they overwhelm the soldiers quick. Yeah. It was the guys like, and it horses was like, come in. Oh. Those men get drugged. I saw a couple guys get ripped off yeah. their horses man there's so much happening because it is just i mean people are getting trampled in this there's it made no... me think of that when you see that real kind of footage like la riot footage from the 90s yes. or like just that beirut explosion you, you saw like a decade ago or whatever it's like that the this film looks like that, Dude, that stuff. mosque bombing in the beginning yeah there was just two real like old women running around <laughs> like in the middle of shrapnel I'm just like, he's not finding an 89-year-old <laughs> woman in Jerusalem to do this part. Right. The stunt guys are just hunched over in some shawls. but Yeah, man. No, that's, you could, but that's an old like, lady. It doesn't look like he's got 400 stunt people doing this scene, but these people are rioting. That's the incredible work this guy puts in. And to live and die in L.A., we talked, and I still don't know I even if I was explained to me how he pulled it off, I still wouldn't understand it. The car chase backwards on the freeway. Right. It looked like it had 500 cars. How did you get all those cars? How did you orchestrate that? Yeah. How is that possible? 
How do you not show any seams doing this? And this movie is just, it blurs the lines so well because everything feels so real. I fully believe by the time that Roy Scheider is driving through roads that don't exist in a truck that might stop working and might explode at literally any second, I'm full and buying into all of this. I don't know how any of it was shot. Yeah. This goes into those perfect 70s movies like uh, Aguirre, The Wrath of God, or Apocalypse Now, or any of those, or, you know, Fitzcarraldo in the in the future, where I don't know how any of this was done. Rituals say the same thing. I don't yeah. know how they got some of these shots. I don't know how they endured this. I don't know how it was possible for everybody to stay sane enough <laughs> to make this a finished Maybe product. Maybe they didn't, you know. This, this is the kind of movie where everybody comes back 50 pounds lighter with dysentery and malaria. Who is doing this? Yeah. This Actors is, do not get enough credit. Everybody yeah, in this movie. I was just going to say, this is one of those, like, you want to be an actor? Yeah. You see the shit they go through? Torturous. Yeah. Hal Holbrook could have spent his entire career making hundreds of thousands of dollars doing Mark Twain shit at every dinner theater across the greater Midwest. Mm-hmm. He could have done and that he did. forever. <laughs> and he did. <laughs> And then out of nowhere, he's just like, you know what? I'm going to get in really good shape. I'm in my mid-50s, and I just want to be dragging around my friend's corpses Yeah, through the uh, through the wilderness for the next eight months. Rituals. So Rituals, good. man. Go back and listen to the whole brook. But yeah, I know. I, you watch this movie, you just think, they're really hacking at stuff with the machete. The, the frustration and the agony that they go through. So When they're so limping real. in this movie, I, <laughs> I don't know how to... I mean, it's cool that Alec Guinness got an Oscar nomination, <laughs> I guess, that same year. I guess we couldn't find room for any of these four, like, yeah, yeah. tortured, lost men at the at their vanishing point, right? I guess there just wasn't enough space there. I know. I mean, and if not Roy Scheider, at, at least uh, Bruno Kramer, Kramer, Bruno uh, Kramer as the French guy. Wow. I thought he was so good. Every one of these and, guys, uh, man. But but again, these. Uh, so eventually, what happens? The plot of the movie comes around about an hour in. Yeah. Where oh, the we're, while we're talking about, yeah. we keep saying twenty minutes, three minutes. Let me just say, the pacing of this flick. When I said there's oh, no yeah, chance never I was going like to be an turning hour. off. This is, by the way, a tight two hour movie. It is. You know, we'd be getting a three and a half hour sorcerer. Which you know what? Maybe I want a three and a half made hour today, sorcerer. Yeah, right. But yeah, this two-hour runtime this movie is buying a breeze oh it does this yeah. movie from it's front so to well back, paced two so hours well edited incredibly yeah. paced doesn't so, bog you down with any dialogue <laughs> <laughs> like there is just i am just so thoroughly engaged and like i said a thriller that's thrilling even these scenes without you know uh volatile nitroglycerin i am just so hooked to every part of their lives to all this constant, like, turmoil. Everybody in this movie is in just total jeopardy at all times. Everybody. I, I said it in To Live and Die in L.A. a couple times. When William Peterson just keeps messing up and getting deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. And just his plan is coming together <laughs> like clockwork. Like and it's just like, dude, he ruined, like, thousands of lives that day <laughs> like so many even if it was just like yeah the 405 was backed up for like five hours right those people's days were that was that ruined yeah well in just in addition yeah, to the deaths that's such a good yeah uh comparison because yeah the peterson wants to just 
get a couple of bucks to pay off to do the right thing it ends up killing a guy just the way that a situation can get out of hand this life altering thing yeah. and i yeah this movie really does make you think like man life can turn in such a weird way and shit goes south and you have to panic and run and if i t- tomorrow moment, i can what would you do tomorrow right? i could like run over a police officer in my car <laughs> and not even on purpose or and like, it could be found out that I've been stealing millions of dollars. Yeah, it could be, right? It's a, I assume I've known somebody who's committed some kind of financial fraud. Oh, right? definitely. We or all, like someone's mother. We like, all crime. Seems right? like a lot of people that, uh, not a lot of people, I know like three people, no, two people that have like a mother <laughs> who like embezzled security. things, right? Like local moms <laughs> just well, embezzling from go. the company. So yeah, people are criming all over, right? You know more than one is, Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and eventually the plot, like I said, gets to this oil well is on fire. You can't just put it out with water. You have to blow it up, essentially, to bury it again. And you have to do that with nitroglycerin. And they just so happen to have some really dangerous nitroglycerin (laughs) 200 miles away. 218. 218 to be exact. right? To be exact. And they can't fly it over because it's too fragile. So they got to drive it over the rockiest terrain you've ever seen in your life in big trucks. Roy Scheider and the other guys all get hired to do the driving. And then the movie is kind of like the last hour is just driving trucks. Driving and, trucks as carefully as possible under the most under some of the most circumstances. Yeah, and, and some of the scenes in that are just... That's really the also only... Also blew my mind. This whole movie just keeps blowing your mind. Yeah, every 15 minutes there's just yeah. something new. There's something profound. There's In a movie that's so... Uh, you know, visual. I loved the whole conversation between the Frenchman Serrano and, and his wife. Mm. She's kind of telling him about her story. They're like talking like just a very normal married couple. This is before we have any idea he's going to be <laughs> right <laughs> fleeing for his life. Right before I <laughs> you know he's a bad guy because he's right. been introduced in the movie, but you don't know <laughs> <Yeah>. why. <laughs> you know, they're, like, oh, they're introducing a lot of bad dudes so far. <laughs> I so I know this guy's the one, yeah. but. Yeah, by the time you, you know, you're obviously rooting against this oil refinery, this American oil refinery, and suddenly these guys who are not good guys are placed in the role of, like, this is our only way out. Right. They need somebody to transport the most volatile dynamite. I also like in that cool-ass Friedkin style, no part of me doubted for a damn second that everything about, it's like, I bet that is true about putting the dynamite in, a, oh, in yeah. an oil fire explosion. I, I know that this guy knows all. I bet he got real dynamite with real hydroglycerin dripping out of it. And explain to me in detail why that's bad. Yeah. I'm also, I do, I feel like growing up, nitroglycerin was like on the same level as quicksand. Like you heard about it all the time. Or it was in like cartoons all the time. <laughs> Nothing's like quicksand, man. <laughs> I'm scared of quicksand. It has right that now. same like pop culture or you know cultural connotation to me. It's just like, watch out for nitroglycerin. That is the most explosive stuff. See, we're like a couple years apart. So for me, it was uh, quicksand, uh, old refrigerators in vacant lots, yeah, and black widow spiders. Oh yeah, those were those were three big ones. That's a good one. And hydroglycerin. I think that panic uh, missed me. I never remember being scared of hydroglycerin or I, well, potentially knowing what it was before I watched Billy Friedkin's I'm still, Sorcerer. I'm still not sure if I know the exact properties of, of nitroglycerin because sometimes they're treating it like 
the most delicate substance on earth and any form of movement is going to cause it to blow up and sometimes it's rattling around pretty good in yeah there. <laughs> i don't know the boundaries of of volatile <laughs> because so i'm just on board with like whatever you guys say i'll go along with it because when we are first introduced to hydroglycerin, it's like its own character. And like when that guy is immediately, he responds like in the same way a tour guide would respond to Indiana Jones, where he's like, no, we can't go past here. Oh, yeah. He immediately sees the, the kind of leaky case, and he's like, when was this dynamite turned? I was like, oh, shit, we're learning some dynamite, <laughs> like dynamite lingo. I had no idea you had to turn, yeah, you had to turn this stuff to keep it good. They didn't, or else it leaks out or something. I guess. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it for a second. I don't doubt that that was real dynamite that he let sit there <laughs> leak in the Peruvian rainforest for eight right. months. Exactly. Just to get that, get the vibes right, mm -hmm. you know? And, yeah, I know they kind of do pull, like, a quiet place where you're like, if any of us makes literally any sound, those <laughs> things are on us in a second. That guy took like eight minutes to, to take like a couple of drops of this stuff. And then he threw it into the bushes and like started a fire. Yeah. They just a, a it was like a little exploded. snap thing you throw on the ground. Yeah. yeah. This, these drops. Of, and then that's where I was like, this is where we get the sorcerer's part. This, is this stuff is magic. This is like alchemy. This so, this explosive gel that you could put into a stick and blow up a tree or an oil well with. So the guys, they become, you know, the sorcerers in possession of this stuff. Do you think people like an hour into this are still expecting some I sorcery? I think so. <laughs> I think after the four guys are introduced, they're like, all right, they're going to meet a wizard in the jungle. Okay, here we all go. All right, we're getting it. So you're like, you've witnessed a man like watch 90 minutes of a movie and then you walk past him arguing with a theater employee that he saw the wrong movie sure yeah yeah. right and he was supposed to i think you said he was supposed to see like a marvel movie he saw something very much not a marvel movie and was trying to blame them yeah so i know there was in 77 people had to just be like all right <laughs> like Any minute how now. many people thought they just walked into the wrong movie i don't remember there being a huge title card with the actors yeah. at the beginning you know exactly you get the end credits sorcerer yeah i don't remember seeing the word the, sorcerer the, anywhere the, in this well the opening of the movie is just literally like paramount pictures presents sorcerer and then it just like there is no really opening credits it do you think starts so, right up somebody that was like burned by sorcerer when when julian sands warlock came out they're like oh, okay exactly we've been here if I don't see Ralph Bakshi's name on this, I'm gonna, yeah, exactly. I'm not trusting it. Well, yeah, then <laughs> Wizards comes out and you're like, what the fuck <laughs> what is this? Fuck? <laughs> Just Friedkin name of this movie right after, like, the same decade he did The Exorcist, one of the dumbest moves ever. Or is it one of his just like, yeah, I'm an idiot. What are you going to do? <laughs> like, what is it? Because that is just a profoundly stupid, like, I mean, the movie rocks in every single way. It's the best. I don't know like, if there's a better title, though. Like, I'm, I can't sit here and go, like, oh, it should have definitely been called, like, the four guys who four. had to drive a truck. Yeah, I mean. Under a certain speed limit or the truck would I really like up. It's basically, like, you know. it, what's the opposite of speed? This movie would have been called, like, slow. Oh, man. This movie, every time <laughs> they're in burn. this truck, it feels so much faster than that bus in speed, man. But it's I, intense. I don't know if this is true or not. There's a lot of. Because Friedkin's a bullshitter. He's also the, oh, yeah. the coolest guy ever. But he says his original name for this movie was, I kid you not, Ball Breaker. <laughs> <laughs> Ball Breaker? 
Or was this, did he get some dumb idea to name it Sorcerer? And then he did his Friedkin thing where he's like, I'm going to suggest the worst idea. And then they'll just be in a panic. That is worse than Sorcerer, for sure. Ball break. I hope it had like an exclamation point. Ball break. (laughs) I mean, you could, it's worse. But in 1977, if there was a Roger Moore Bond called Ball Breaker, be like, yeah, that sounds right. Definitely. Sounds like a 70s Bond name. Yeah, Billy well, that, Friedkin's ball. The thing breaker. is, yeah, these guys don't really break each other's balls much. They have to work together. This is one of those They're like, forced to work together. Guys right? having to come together to accomplish a task that seems impossible. Yeah, uh, I do love that aspect of this whole second half. Or so they have to basically they find and build up two big trucks. Dude, one's a backup for the other one. They got three cases of nitroglycerin in each one, and they have to basically like go over rocks and logs the whole time without setting off the dynamite. 218 miles and uh oh it's intense dude the whole thing is intense the only it just doesn't stop it's an hour of just like on the edge of your seat nail biting and because you know william freaking has already set up like people die all the time this this could these guys could die any minute there's no conceived uh conception of like well, they've got to make it. Deaths, We're going to yeah. definitely get to the end of the line here. Like, any no, they could die any die. second. Man, even though it was towards the end of the movie, I, again, I gasp in react. This guy just surprises me constantly. An audible gasp, like a, like I'm need a fainting couch. Yeah, so, such a. But man, when Peterson gets shotgunned to live and die in LA, it's like, oh Shocking. shit, we're still like 20 minutes from. Like, man, it is. The way he handles this stuff is like, all right, well, we got to go. Like, <laughs> once a character's dead, they they are never just like, this guy meant something. It's just like, we got to drag him off to the side of the road. Mm. We got to get going. Like, every Friedkin unexpected death is just unceremonious and like, hey, we don't get to choose it well, usually. Right. When they're building up these trucks, originally it's Scheider, Frenchman, terrorist, and the old German guy yeah. building the trucks up. Then the hitman kills the old German guy. And the terrorist is going to kill the hitman. And Roy Scheider literally goes like, hey, we just lost a driver. We need another one. Yeah. <laughs> You're in. Look, there's only you, so many of us. I mean, that's one way to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> just kill the guy who had the job and be the only other guy left. But. I mean, it's like he killed a Nazi. People should have been pretty into that. We Yeah. I mean, I wasn't complaining. Right? Maybe that's why Shire's like, hey, come on. But what's so great is that up to that moment, like, the hitman hasn't done anything, right? And it's that total Simpsons moment of like, but there's a guy, and he hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> and he, his white what he does, suit. you know it's going to be cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the white suit guy with his little matching. Oh, so cool, yeah. right? But And then you brought up Indiana Jones. It's so much of this, to me, the second half is like, Indiana Jones. Roy Scheider is dressed like Indiana Jones <laughs> yeah. in this movie. It, driving the big treasure, you know, across the jungle. Yeah. I was like, this even is, has a suspension bridge that's it's way got the more treacherous than oh uh, Temple of Doom. They have to go over that thing twice. God damn. So good. The only so good. It the, looks so much like and this is what, three, four years before oh, Indiana Jones? Wait, yeah. This I mean is, uh, all the effects once they're driving so ahead these of trucks, its time. You are like casually reminded that these things could blow up any second. Mm-hmm. And nitroglycerin doesn't autom- like 
every shot to the back of this truck with this barely shift and they are on the rockiest roads 218 miles my commute to work is five miles (laughs) and today when i was driving home in traffic it was just like jesus yeah come on they've got a they keep showing the the uh speedometer at like eight miles an hour they're just like crawling along bumping bumping going over rocks the ground is giving away under the tires the logs on the bridges are splitting and snapping (laughs) These are roads so, that cannot be driven back over. Yeah. You know, there's few joys in this movie, like actual like smiles, right? Before we move on from this village, I want to say when they're trying to find who can actually drive the trucks. That's like our one little bit of joy because we get this great scene of Joe Spinell just hot dogging it. <laughs> <laughs> During the test drive, where the guys just like get, you know Ramon Bieri from the refineries figuring out who's the four best drivers, yeah. And Spin- he, the whole time he's just telling Spinell to pull over. The it's like uh, a student driver. The driving audition montage was pure joy. Yeah, watching watching our main guys doing well, and then watching some random Mexican guy just like. <laughs> The final scene where it just collapses the truck, essentially. The guy sitting there, like, waiting to go, clearly couldn't drive a stick, but he's just like, hey, the pay, you know. Trying to get a job here. Everybody in that town is trying to get money to get out of the town. Mm -hmm. But they don't make any wages because they're owned, you know, they're doing slave work for a refinery. And now it's like, yeah, Scheider is those guys. They are, at this point, another thing that, you know, makes me think about just how long they could have been there. I really liked the little brief moments we got kind of establishing this little connection that Serrano, the Frenchman has made with just a local woman. Right. And not a, not an impressive local woman, just a woman who works at the local, the only place that serves food. Just the, yeah. He just made some human connection, the kind that he could make where he was at. Right. The options are scarce, but the connection felt kind of real. In the mm-hmm. tiny little moments they share. I love that woman's use in the movie. I love how she comes back in the end. But I love these little moments that we get before going on to this, you know, the limits of where man can go. Man, I'm not going to compare when I worked to Alhambra to driving the uh, <laughs> sorcerer truck. But when I worked for Alhambra and had to go over the Hoplin grade... And you're mm-hmm. seeing in your rear oh, view serious. that my tire's like a foot and a half into the other lane, and the other side is just a cliff bend. Just like, okay. I, I felt that way going into Oakland Hills with a minivan. <laughs> <laughs> and these guys, you know, when we're watching these Friedkin movies and, what, the Philip D'Antoni movies, like Seven Ups, mm-hmm. seeing them in the cars and realizing, man, these actors are in these trucks this never didn't look like these actors not driving these cool trucks right oh also were you getting the vibes like when they were building these trucks really reminded of when they built the cool torch in thief oh sure (laughs) when we're building the sick torch yeah when he's slapping on all the scrap parts onto this like he's making a mad max apocalypse vehicle oh yeah the after, trucks in after this look cool. After the fun, yeah, driver audition montage, we get the building montage, the the construction of the truck montage. The idea to take and that one was just the music's pumping, they're tearing things off, lug nuts, 
oil pans, the whole thing. But it's like really interesting to watch. <laughs> yeah, dude. This next Those hour is when the Tangerine Dream really yeah. kicks in. And it kicks in hard when they're assembling this truck. I love the idea of like, now this mission's serious. We need to take the best parts off of all of these <laughs> existing they, trucks. That's the only option, And build right? two super trucks. And they build like these big monster trucks with the, I love the big headlights on the top. These things had like little like, you know, animal yeah, quality man. to the, them. The grills looking like an animal yeah, face. Yeah, the roar man. of these trucks so cool. and the... Uh, the way they lurched forward and jerked and shook, they looked alive in, in scenes. And watching these guys with the big wheel trying to get them back and forth, it was, uh, yeah, it looked so good. This, it was so good. The sound design just capturing the trucks. The trucks amid the jungle. It reminded right? me of Christine, like getting that roar of Christine at the end. That's what it sounded like. I forget exactly. But even bigger. Friedkin said something like the sounds used for that. There's like all these different sounds mixed in, including oh, yeah, like animal roars. Gotta be. You know, they use like animal roars with all this machinery and like, dude, every time that thing lurched and crunched, like it was just the real. I've never heard better sound in a movie mm-hmm. than that. So like you could watch this movie with your eyes closed. That's how visual it is, right? These sounds and the crunching and that terror. It's pretty much just the next 45 minutes. Yeah. You are in this truck now. And they uh, keep getting hit like with these obstacles, like like a video game thing. It's just, you got <laughs> dude, the bridge the level. The first one, even going around a turn with like just a log bridge over, over rocks. Well, what about the very the first? The, now, this made me laugh. I was like, what's going on with this guy? The very first, like right out the gate, they come across like a villager and his family walking along the road. Oh, man. And this guy starts clowning with the, with the <laughs> truck. He's dancing in front of the truck. He's jumping around behind it, yeah. making faces. And I'm like, what is this little, uh, you know, scamp doing here? And the and Roy Scheider's like terrified. He's like, get the fuck away! From the truck. <laughs> yeah, this guy's this he's, guy's like sticking his tongue out, having a great time. It's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you're like walking there with your little loincloth with your family in this remote jungle, yeah. and suddenly these two not a care weird in the world trucks just come cruising by at five miles per hour. That really felt like some Agiri kind of thing where yeah. you just come into town and the natives are just like, I don't know what's happening here, but this guy's getting a kick out of my weird Mad Max vehicle. But then finally Roy Shire just, I thought that guy was going to get, I thought his whole family was going to die. I assumed, cause, yeah, because when we saw the truck behind them come up, I was like, we're going to see this whole family dead on the side of the road, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. The hitman so, is not going to stand for this. When they set up, you know, like I said, can't get a helicopter out to the side, shakes the that helicopter would blow up on on takeoff, right? Mm-hmm. Can only be driven by man. <laughs> and I love this realization. Already I was dreading this trip. But when Roy Scheider realizes like this is twice as much dynamite as you need, you're expecting one of these trucks to not make it. Right. Like, oh yeah. When you're Edging go- their bets. Anytime you're going into a mission knowing that not just could die, but that the people are expecting at least half of you to die. That's a tough situation that I've yet to be in. <laughs> right. You know, where it's not like I'm wood. doing something that could <laughs> kill me. It's I'm doing something that everybody's like pretty sure will kill look me. Look to the man to your left. Look to the man to your right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of you is going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I've Why seen. I didn't join the military. <laughs> from the, everything is then just, oh yeah, we're going to die at any second. 
any second you could die in this movie. And so all of these obstacles, no movie obstacle is greater than the suspension bridge. Mm-hmm. This is... So when this movie came out, not only was it not what people were expecting, but the critics hated it. Critics made this into a flop. And I cannot see how any movie critic, anybody that loves film, can just watch a movie, even if this movie had been trash. Once you get to that 15-minute suspension bridge scene, I'm talking about this movie for life. Oh, yeah. Like, how could you not immediately be like, in spite of the other hour 45, this movie's incredible. That's, this movie did things that I didn't know were possible. Exactly. If it's nothing but that sequence of the two trucks having to get over this Indiana Jones bridge in the storm with the tree coming in, uh, pulling the wench, it's like everything great about suspense and drama and action packed into one. It's got to be one of those like top 50 all-time kind well, of scenes. It's insane to me that Bullet is you know like a dog shit movie with the greatest cool three minutes. <laughs> and everybody loves Bullet because... And there's like, oh, what's your favorite Bullet scene, huh? What's your second favorite Bullet scene? <laughs> you know? Three minutes, but it's iconic because of that. Nobody else can make another Bullet scene there in Now, two, I had, right? if Steve McQueen had done this movie, nobody talk about Bullet, right? No, man. If Steve McQueen had done this, this Steve movie McQueen would be a $200 million dollar movie. If <laughs> Steve McQueen had done this, this movie would would have been Friedkin's biggest moneymaker. Yeah. This would have been over yeah. the top. That's not against Roy Scheider, who already you know was did Jaws the year before this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the guy was ever a box office draw, but that's not his fault. I love him though; but, he's great. Oh, he's great. Not in just, but you know, McQueen. In just I mean, this would have been yeah. this movie would have been a whole different story, of course. And but this fifteen minutes alone, I don't understand how this isn't one of the ten most famous movies <laughs> ever because of this scene. This truck going over this rickety bridge, and the one guy's got to be out in the rain guiding the other guy, and the way this truck keeps leaning on the bridge, dude, is like uh, how? I mean, they must have had that thing bolted to the bridge or something. I don't know how they actually did it. I was I read it, it cost was, like it, a million dollars to build that bridge, dude, and I believe it. But it blew me away. It looked so crazy to see this truck just like at a 45 degree angle tilt deep tilt you're just wait i was in a recliner and at one point i realized i was in a full lean forward like i had shifted (laughs) in my recliner and i was literally like edge of seat just leaning forward watching this because it's like a 200 foot long suspension bridge by the way the hill getting down to the suspension bridge that alone (laughs) Look terrible. Even the easy looking parts of this ride are like around a mountain curve, straight down a hill, in the mud. The easiest parts you are not able to see in front of you <laughs> and your tire is hanging off a cliffside. Right. On the easiest parts of this. When they're going down that hill, there's a spot where the, the camera pulls away and it just looks like a truck out of control. <laughs> just it just looks like they lost a truck and it was going. I thought they were dead. I thought that was it. Right. But this one of the craziest things about this movie is when they're going through all this treacherous shit. There is a guy that has to do it right after him. Right. The first guy going over every one of these bad passes is like, boy, nobody else is going to be able to get over this. <laughs> broke most but of a, that bridge. Yeah. With the tires. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. Good luck, buddy. Like, oh, my God. The whole movie is just like, oh, they have to do this again. Like, doesn't matter if they're not coming back. Like they, two different groups of guys have yeah. to do this, or instant explosion. And they give you the the second one. I think outdoes the first one. Yes. How that bridge, I don't know, but they add because the bridge keeps 
the losing more and more shape, boards. The guy guiding the Frenchman, the terrorist guiding the Frenchman, falls through the bridge at one point. It has that, that like hand going. coming up, like moment of like, oh, we lost him, and no, there he is. But then he almost gets run over. When they cut to the POV from Serrano in the cab of that truck, and you cannot see a thing. Like you're seeing through his windshield. This is in a torrential downpour, yeah. typhoon. They're on a bridge that's over a rushing river, which apparently they had to keep scouting new rivers and keep rebuilding this bridge. Oh, God. And this scene took three months to film wow i, I honestly cannot even i can't fathom that can you picture how that what do you say to the studio executives when you're in your second month of filming the bridge scene? i need to build another million dollar bridge yeah because the oh, first yeah. one whatever yeah broke we still or... got a couple months left on this one scene oh i didn't tell you we're having two trucks do it different trucks yeah i just worked like a shitty job for three months and it went by interminably. Can you imagine Roy Scheider waking up every day of his life for three months? Knowing he's going to be in the middle of a wind machine typhoon just getting battered. These guys get beat up. These guys look so yeah. ragged every step of this truck ride. But this suspension bridge, three months. Can you imagine just filming this for three months? How do you not go crazy? Mm-hmm. Three months is a long time to be filming one suspension bridge scene I, can, I don't even know how you map that out over that length of time i, as, I assume that's got to be including the construction and, and yeah probably everything was the prob- bridge right i'm assuming it's one but of those herzog type movies and or apocalypse now we're like and then this got destroyed and then we had to relocate to a different part of south america because right, this exactly. local tribe didn't want us shooting this here i imagine this whole thing was filmed very non-permit I don't it think, looks like the middle of nowhere. Like, there's no way sure. they're just giving out permits to film in fucking old Jerusalem. <laughs> there's no way that's happening. Well, that was the lot. That was on the lot. <laughs> Dude, you do not... That establishing shot of Jerusalem, but they are out front. Like, those are just real people in the gates of Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's no... Unless man, unless there's, like, right after you go on the Jaws ride, then you go, like... The, they're old universals. Damascus right. Yeah, exactly, set. right? you got the old west town, and then you've got the Wailing Wall. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Every rotted out board bridge, every hill that is just way too steep. Man, those trucks going down that hill with no visibility, no passage. And then just getting to the bridge. Once we just see the bridge come into view, man, yeah. it does not look like a bridge you'd want to walk across. <laughs> oh, no. Let alone drive a car across. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Every shot of this bridge is the most amazing thing in a movie. It's epic. It is truly epic stuff. It I mean, looks one of those stunts that's now almost so you know, 45, 50 years old and just like, I don't think this would be allowed today. Mm-hmm. There's no chance you this could happen. Be all CG, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. And you couldn't do this with CG. The Whatever geniuses he finds to work with. That can craft a hydraulic bridge, figure out how to make it look like a truck is passing this 200-foot length of bridge two miles per hour at a time. How to sync up every board crack, mm-hmm. every sound, man. Every part of the scene is just, this is this is what movies it's are pretty for. good. This yeah. is why no, movies exist. Right, exactly. It, it feels so much like, that's yeah, 
there are, there that's are, why they're shown on as big a screen as possible. Yeah, man. There are like the best directors of the last four years. Kill to have this 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could do nothing else if you do this 15. Like, I, this should have been praised on site. It makes no sense that it was not. I've never. Man, it's scary. It's thrilling. It's yeah. like Cruz would die to do this. You know, Cruz is going to redo Sorcerer before he dies, right? I hope so. I need to. I need to. Tom Cruise going to do the Sorcerer on the Moon version. Tom Cruise Sorcerer is going to be so good. <laughs> so hyped for that. But that's the only guy that I can think of that could pull something like that off. Yeah, no totally. other studio would approve it. It would take the psycho that you're just like, look, we don't know how many people he's killed. We just have to let him do his crazy feats of strength, and then it makes us billions. Yeah. If he wants to do Sorcerer, he's the one that's guy. That's a big if. <laughs> he's the one guy. We need to start the Tom Cruise Sorcerer petition. I love that. I need it. You can get Harvey R. Bardem. We can tell him it's a Scientology oh. thing. Oh, man. Yeah. I love it. I need oh, this man. so badly. I need Tom Cruise's wages <laughs> of fear so badly. But every single second of this truck on that rickety bridge, this bridge swayed, man. That truck looked... That's, yeah, like, there's no way that weight wasn't going to just topple over headlong into the river and go up. Boom. And if I that, kept thinking, especially the second truck. I was like, there's no way the second truck's making it, right? No, I, the whole time I was thinking, if if Scheider's truck goes up, those people back there, they're dead too. They're done. There's no yeah. other way to this place. Well, I guess they can go back and try that other uncharted part of the map. That's, That's your a, only shot at this I point. Assume, yeah, I assume they have to find another bridge. And you, they just keep coming up. The bridge is just, Scheider doesn't even expect them. You get this weird kind of uh, delirium start set in. Mm-hmm. This weird conversation between Scheider and the, the hitman. Where they're just, they're not even thinking of the other guys as people necessarily. These guys are all in this together, yet they're already like, there's no way they're getting across. Like, we're getting double shares. Yes. They've already written those guys off as dead. I love that bit. It is, he's kind of maniacal when he's doing it. He's like, double shares, yeah, double they, shares. Like, they're still paying us 40 grand. We're now it's just it. between two guys. Yeah, And they, it's not, they didn't sabotage the bridge or anything. But yeah, they're just like, there's no way. These guys are going to make and, it. And I love that aspect of like him never at any point trying to like, we're four brothers working together. Like, no, these guys are like, if that dude dies, uh-huh. like I get that. None of them know each other's real name. This is like Reservoir Dogs level of like, <laughs> yeah. these are four and the dudes criminals in Reservoir- who don't know each other who got some, hired for a job. And some of those guys got way closer in Reservoir Dogs <laughs> exactly. than these men on the worst drive in history. I love also, it shows us some odometer clicks. I have no idea how long it took them to make a 218-mile drive yeah. going that slow. I you mean, know, like, I th- it's they, like 28 or, you know, 50 hours or something if you were going yeah, if you same speed all the time. And obviously, they stop many times to face an obstacle. After the bridge, they think they're in the clear. <sighs> they're thinking double shares. And then they show up. To fallen tree level, Just it's a like tree <laughs> fell. Yeah, the the giant fallen tree in the path, and that's I love the bit where. The hitman just sees that and just starts laughing. He's got, <laughs> yeah. now he's gone insane. Now he's just like, oh well, we just did the most dangerous thing of our lives, and now we're stuck behind a giant fucking tree. That's that's what got me so riveted into into rituals, was just like, man, at this point I'm rooting for Hal Holbrook. I don't know how how. How he's coming out of this thing mm-hmm. he's going through physical torture like he's in this and just the levels that director pushed him through the physical levels that friedkin manages to push his guys to 
You see it in every one of his movies. William Peterson's a madman. Yeah, right. To live and die in it. Like, he shoved him into these things. Roy Scheider said, you know, afterwards that, like, he hated working with Friedkin, right? But admits, like, he wouldn't have done any of this. <laughs> like, he had to be mm-hmm. shoved into doing these things, right? It takes an insane man to, like, capably orchestrate this, but also convince guys to do it. And he is, you don't get lucky and just get a Spiro Rosados handed to you. It's like, you'll jump out of the fourth story? Yeah, all right. Like, do we tell, him we, were, do we, tell okay. him we only want him out of the second story? He immediately <laughs> went fourth. Uh, when you make it so real where you can see Richard Lynch, like, gripping the handles of a car during a high-speed chase, like, oh, shit, he's in there. When Scheider is, these men just feel like, I get that they're going through jungle madness. Right. I get it setting in. Scheider's just hacking away, thinking he can create another path. And it really looks like he they just gave him the bluntest, dullest machete you could find. Yeah, they weren't getting hacking away supplies at to make this trek. Had a good laugh at that moment where Scheider's got the machete, is hacking away. The uh, hitman's not doing anything. Scheider goes back to the truck, gets a bigger machete. <laughs> I, did, I thought that was so funny. He just like comically like grabs like a three times as big machete. That was yeah. good. But, uh, yeah. And then I love the whole sequence of the, the other truck comes up behind them. They have to figure out a way to blow up the tree. That quiet, like, shock of Roy Scheider hearing their voices. And immediate, just like these men, he thought oh, were they're, ghosts. Like, yeah. they're gone. Oh, they're, they're here. These two. <laughs> it was kind of a, they're behind me, aren't they? They're right me. behind me. Yeah. <laughs> he really had, like, these guys weren't even thinking of them as living humans anymore. They thought they they literally thought they were never going to see them again. But there was no sentimentality attached to them. They they didn't stop and share a moment. It was literally them getting across the bridge and them going, "Well, that's it." Yeah. <laughs> like that can't happen again. And them just showing up, it doesn't even there's no like predator arm clasp. Oh no, yeah. There's never. no it's just like, "Oh shit. Well, all right, we got to blow this thing up." <laughs> This tree stuff. Gotta work together. This huge tree in the middle of the path. What is that thing? Like? But it's gotta be like uh, <laughs> diameter was at least 10, I mean, 15 feet. Guy was this, up this there was like straddling tree. it, trying to hammer on this thing, right? It's like huge. redwood sized looking tree. The one time you'd be thankful for having like an explosives expert who blew up a synagogue. Yes. As part of your crew. The one time you'd be cool associating. Uh, that was great. Everyone gets their little moment, mm-hmm. right? Like the hitman gets to shoot a bunch of guys later. The the explosives guy gets to be like, "I can blow up the tree." <laughs> yeah. They get moments, but nobody, but all of them are still just like they're still bad guys. Oh yeah, it's like that guy killed somebody. He's like he. It was good for them, but you know, like really, he was just like three gorillas fighting two other guys that have killed. But he right? does know exactly, yeah, how far the rock has to drop on the other rock to ignite the nitroglycerin to blow up the tree and the they build this little tp looking thing it's a great little mouse trap looking uh scene and filling up the bag with the sand and then poking the sand out so it's like a timer for the bag drops the rock onto the nitroglycerin onto the rock incredible good is that and again that explosion i have never seen a tree explode better (laughs) on film i gotta say that was my least impressive sure it's a tree (laughs) And I knew it was coming. You're, the whole scene of that movie is watching the rock like slowly, like every other. And you explosion. see the nitroglycerin dripping out onto the other rock. They have to carefully get it up there and poke a hole. 
Also love the scene where they're carrying the nitroglycerin and the hitman's like kicking the box away. <laughs> to the point where he almost like drops the package. He almost does that it's like, like stepping in the trash can the, thing yeah, where the box like, is stuck on his foot. Stop and he's just focusing handling. on the box. It's yeah. okay. Leave the box. You were like all the way past it. You chose to kick it off. Like just let it go. I know. It's such a every the three other explosions in this movie are just outright shock. You know, sudden boom, like rattle to your core. Yeah. And then this one's just like a 10 minute like setup tick, to tick, an tick, explosion. Tick. So yeah. much so that I was expecting it not to explode. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, this is the one where Freed can just, nobody could figure out how to get this thing properly exploded. He called in old, old, you know, Marty the the flame, Marty the torch, or Marty the, Marty the arsonist. Hey, Marty, I got one for you. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Yeah. He's Freed can tell a story about calling up the guy and getting his wife on the phone. He doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> That's not who he, he is anymore. He'll do it for Billy. I knew this guy when he was blowing he up the Copa. One. And uh, yeah, man, just a guy like had to, having to convince the guy's wife that like, no, 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 this is legit work. We're doing a movie here. Right. I need your your husband's fire starting abilities. It's crazy. It's one thing to be like, no, he won't be on film. I just need him to show me how to do it. Yeah. This yeah. guy's blown up city blocks. I need to get him, you know. Oh, we need a nail bomb? I need some guys from that IRA. Put them in the back seat. I need to add some authenticity here. Getting an arsonist to the Dominican Republic for just a couple days of work? What a god. <laughs> <laughs> what a god. Are you kidding me? Hollywood, man. Just getting legitimate <laughs> gigs for counterfeiters? and yeah. <laughs> It's a incredible, legend. right? Legend. They don't get better. I love, man, just hearing him talk to an arsonist what just convincing the wife to do it and then how do you sell that to studio heads how do you sell that to anybody how is he able to make you these think he's movies? telling people that he's getting marty the flame for this <laughs> how incredible is that i don't think he's telling paramount yeah don't worry i got a guy his name's marvin the torch <laughs> what the marvin That's the torch? stage name <laughs> yeah. probably a pseudonym yeah <laughs> probably not going by his real one um but yeah after that, we're you know we're kind of quickly after this celebratory moment of this path getting cleared and them just like oh shit we're still in this thing. we're gonna do this we still yeah. got this we are instantly reminded just moments later that oh yeah these guys can blow up at any minute was the the Lazaro's tire blows out and it's just this quick moment of like huh, what huh, boom I knew that was gonna happen as soon as as uh, the Frenchman and the terrorists actually start talking about their lives yeah what it, happened? it was uh it was the same with that class of 84 where it's like he just wants to retire it's like well, he's dead mm -hmm. this one it was like my wife left me this watch and uh you know oh it's it's nine o'clock in paris it's like that's it for them Damn, yeah <laughs> the second serrano's getting sentimental just putting two just like my wife gave me this on the last day that I saw her. It's like, loot boy. They're <laughs> <laughs> not long for this world. That truck's going. Yeah. Oh, man. I, uh, I, I might steal that uh, inscription, though, on the watch. It's good. It's like, it's like French, and then it says, you know, the 10th year of forever or something. Like, I might get that on a bracelet yeah, in a couple years. <laughs> There's no way Katie's going to ever see Sorcerer. <laughs> exactly. That is all your idea at this she'll point. Be like, what, she'll be like, what? What made you think of it? I was like, it's romantic. Yeah, come on. I thought of this. I'm, I'm a professional writer. I think you know of these things. Friedkin you know who I am, okay. right? Yeah. But uh, once yeah, we're just reminded of this, like, oh, right, that could still happen. 
not just obstacles, just like, oh, yeah, right. They can just go up just at the any littlest time. thing. It's, yeah, it's just after all of the arduous stuff they've gone through, this little, you know, rock pops the tire, sends it lurching forward just too hard. We, and then that's all she wrote. We've seen them narrowly escape. Dude, when that, uh, when their one tire, I thought they were toast. When that one tire cracked through the one bridge mm-hmm. early on, that tire looked deep. I didn't think they'd be at all able to pull See, that that's truck what I mean. like, out of I'm there. a little like, sometimes it looks like they're jerking this thing around pretty good. Yeah. And the nitroglycerin's fine. And then, yeah, the tire blows out and it slams to the front of the truck. And I guess it's that impact that it does it. Because towards the end, Roy Scheider is swaying this box well, around. he has to do that final mile, mile and a half on foot. Mm-hmm. I love that. That when whole he- sequence was great where it got to the real... Because, yeah, so... That, Dude, once yeah, one truck they, blows up, the other truck gets is getting robbed. Yeah, they get pulled over by gorillas who are alerted by the other truck's explosion. Yeah, Scheider and and Nilo have to shoot their way out of this, and I then mean, Nilo gets his quick shots in oh, the man. hitman work. His his Everybody's, superpower yeah, pays off. The, yeah, man, so that cool. was great. So cool. You're right. I love these boys. <laughs> I love these dudes. It's a. It's like a ragtag team. Once here. they toss. <laughs> once they toss the Nazi out, like, all right. I love these boys. Yeah. I love my boys. It's a good crew. My sorcerer boys. I don't think I ever saw the word sorcerer in this whole uh, movie. More, more of the reddest blood. Roy Scheider hitting that guy with a shovel, and just this shovel line of blood coming out of the neck. How'd they do that? Man, that looked like whoa. Where'd they find these gorillas? Mm-hmm. Great looking dudes. That one guy has a little flat cap and his beer belly, but he still looked just dangerous. In the same way, old Liam, whatever, or whatever Willem Dafoe's <laughs> dude was in To Live and Die. Yeah. Like, just like, where's he find these guys? Just go to the local village. How do you get a guy? How do you get these I four know. guys up to that location? I don't understand how this movie got made. But yeah, they're killing men. They have to just kill men to get the rest of the way. I don't know why Shider just didn't be like, Look, you're not going to believe this, but you got to believe this. <laughs> I don't have any toilet paper. I don't have any food. There's no salt pork in here. It's just nitroglycerin. Yeah. It is just dynamite. We are all going to die. At that point, he probably would have just done it. Like, at every point, you recognize that these guys are, you know, expecting their imminent death. And after these gorillas get killed, this movie just goes into outer space. It gets trippy after this. What a what a finale! The uh, yeah, the Scheider f- just suddenly is on the in just on an alien planet. <laughs> I know. Dude, he's sure. on. The, he's driving on the moon literally after the scene. There are suddenly just rocks and weird formations. I had to look that up at and some place in like New Mexico that just looks that like out. an alien landscape. You just cruise in. Suddenly, it's like that Super Nintendo game out of this world. Yeah, right. Like you are on this alien scape with patterns that you don't recognize in this like purple and it's like dark yeah it's like this weird purple pink sunset going on and then it starts getting all like delirious and shiders just going like where am i going where am i going he's having flashbacks and you're seeing all these little bits of blood and shiders still who knows a decade later still haunted by the death of his whole gang (laughs) because of his driving he is he is a man haunted by all of the death he's caused yeah i did like that bit where Maybe not the hitman so much, but yeah, the guilt and the destruction that all these men are like dealing with internally that they've left behind. Yeah. We all have had to cope <laughs> with right. things that we've done, right? We've all made mistakes. Like, I've never I've never blown up a synagogue. A, forced a guy to kill himself. I've never <laughs> watched a guy shoot himself in his Porsche. Yeah. 
But, uh, you know, we've, there's all things we got to cope. We got to hold ourselves accountable for. We got to move on in some ways, right? And these guys have just been living that while also living in squalor. Yeah. And while also forced to do the, a suicide mission. But, yeah, just that, uh, just that message of, like, where am I going? Just the way that this guy's life has gone so far off the rails of what he thought he was going to do. Right? Like, Roy Scheider was a guy who just thought, we're going to rob this church. We're going to make some cash. He's probably got a family. Yeah. You know, he's probably just 18, like 18 a piece, boys. Yeah, he's probably just like wanted to do a, a quick job. You never really find out. Yeah. Which he, I love. But that, the fact that he's now just driving this dynamite truck in the jungle and leaving this blood trail behind him, that would drive you insane. Yeah. It's like, what the what are we doing here? <laughs> I look forward to the Shane Black one where it just starts with him going over this bridge and it's like, yep. That's me. <laughs> You'll never guess how I got here. Probably wondering what I'm doing. <laughs> Record scratch to start. Film reel burned out in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. But this guy is just like haunted by the last 10 years of his life and just reliving it and playing it, right? And then he's just in space. He's just on the moon. Yeah. At a certain point, when you have that conversation with a guy who's telling you, yeah, man, you got to go out of town. The guy you accidentally hit, like he's like, I don't carry a gun. Yeah, you you should tell that to them. <laughs> Good luck with that excuse, right? Where am I going? I couldn't tell you. Mm-hmm. He honestly did not know. I've never had to have that conversation. Imagine just blowing up your life, and you're like, can't be promised you'll be in the Continental Fifty, but you'll be on Earth, maybe. <laughs> he just gets blown up, and now who knows how many years later he's what? He's driving a truck in the rainforest through the moon. Insane. A dynamite truck. Too. A dynamite yeah. truck. Just the who could picture our lives here? It'd be like you and I in Antarctica. Just like, exactly. You'll never believe this, but <laughs> just on the lamb, right? This movie just sunk its hooks in me. By the time he's going through space delirium, mm-hmm. dragging that box, of, slinging that well, glistering then, yeah. around. So, uh, the, the thing that I think finally makes him go crazy is when the truck runs out of gas, like a mile and a half from his destination. Yeah. The God did. Oh, they didn't F. bring extra gas. We can't carry gas around in your nitroglycerin <laughs> truck. Not. Where are you going to keep it? After all that, for just the gas to go. And then, yeah. And then you see him like the Joker just running down the road with this box of nitroglycerin swaying back and forth. 1.3 miles from the finish line is a real kick in the dick. That is. That's a real just like, man, we had it. We had just enough gas for 216. You kidding me? Oh, extra insult. Mm-hmm. Could have exactly. happened, happened at any point, right? Right. Like if it had happened with 50 miles to go, you'd be like, well, whatever. Now I'm dead. But with one, yeah, you're like, ah, now I got to carry this just thing. Another endurance thing, yeah. right? Another thing to endure. And then we get he just makes it, though. the biggest bummer prologue after he makes it. I knew that was going to happen too. By the you way, you thought the mob? I did not I, know. As soon as as soon as he like got paid, and the cops are back there, and uh, yeah, he finally he makes it. He gets paid. He's the only man standing. The hitman's gone. The other two guys are gone. He's got his check. He has a little dance with the local senorita there. Love that. Love that call. Uh, he also. I I wonder if this is a thing because I noticed. Uh, well, notice it's pretty obvious. There's a big long shot of Roy Scheider like staring at the camera mm-hmm. in that forlorn, just like exhausted, lost way, which reminded me a lot of Pacino staring at the camera in Cruising. Now I'm gotta go back. Like, is there like 
is this a repeating thing? There's definitely a Friedkin staring. Well, I mean, it's just Friedkin. Or I mean, uh, pushing, the, pushing the Friedkin men. stare shot you know, <laughs> of, of William Peterson in To Live and Die in L.A. has one of those shots. Like that's his. There's a it's Friedkin insane. stare. It's, it's shot. because he just puts these guys through such physical anguish, and, and like, then pushes them like, to their right physical here, limits. And then at the end of this shoot, and he's just like, "Just look at me. Just look at me right now." And as soon as yeah, as soon as he starts dancing with that woman, I'm like, "Here's where the mobsters show up." Man, I I I don't know. They even say that 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 dude's priest brother didn't even die. He pulled through. The mob is still tracking this guy down. He wants to. Elizabeth Town, New Jersey is still going that hard? Maybe. Maybe. What a drag. The odds. That's a tough one. You know? Yeah. Didn't even get time to be like, you you guys would not believe the week I've had. (laughs) Yeah, we don't get to see the the actual confrontation. We pull out of the bar. Great crane shot. There was some amazing. That opening shot uh, on the square pulling back to the guy in the room who gets killed by the hitman. And then again, yeah, at the end, this this crane shot pulling away from the bar with the taxi showing up and the gangster getting out with the guy who originally sent him to town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who either had to flip or did flip. It's only a matter of time before they figure out who got him out of town. And uh, that's the movie. That's it. And then Strokin comes on. And and then... Clarence Carter just <laughs> stroking over those end credits. No, that's a different one. Uh, yeah, and then it's just, yeah, the total bummer ending. Which when that Tangerine Dream gotta hit. Love. Oh, my God. That sorcerer font with the Tangerine Dream. Didn't mention it too much. So Thief is like top five movie for me, probably for you, right? I right. mean, it's, I, it's incredible. It's an all-timer. And it's so, like, the Tangerine Dream score is such a huge part of it. Might be my favorite movie score. Yeah. Right? Uh, it's incredible. But then as I was passing through their sorcerer score for the first, you know, for the third time today, and just like, oh, man, is this their best? I'll have to go listen to their legend score. Especially in 77. Really Again, it's like that, that kind of synthy score. Like, this is a year before Halloween would come out with its big synth. Like, I don't know if 77, I'm already thinking synth, you know, synthesizer score like this when well that's the great thing i was like there has to be a story here friedkin what a legend he found out about these guys he's just like oh yeah well i was at a german church watching them play in like 75 you know this is like oh yeah i was at i was at khan's recording sessions for the tape yeah i was there for the original like craft work explosion <laughs> exactly man this guy's just listening to german kraut rock techno. in yeah in germany in a german church watching a he said tangerine dream goes on at midnight the church is pitch black the only lights are this are the lights of uh tangerine dream synthesizers mm-hmm. and then he just played a three-hour show wow friedkin meets Jesus. me he says he says i need you guys to score my movie i don't have a movie yet but we'll keep in touch two years later he just sends him the sorcerer script Without seeing the movie, they do the score. And then when he was editing the picture, he was just listening to oh, the wow. score on a loop, syncing the movie up to the Tangerine Dream score. And it's incredible. Wow. wow. Yeah. So good. Just saw, oh, yeah, I'm going to see. I guess that's probably how Herzog was like, yeah, I like Popol Va. And then they're <laughs> going to do all my scores now. These guys just listen to Krautrock. We're yeah. immediately like, oh, it's the best. And then he he must have done that with Wang uh, Wang Chung. <laughs> he saw Wang Chung in a German church playing a three hour set, and it's like, he said, I got a boys. I got an L.A. cop movie for you. I love this guy's just seeing Krautrock and befriending like arsonists. 
like members of the Genovese yeah. crime family. Like, there's nobody better. His funeral is going to be quite a scene then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's going to be like the end of Big Fish. You're just like, who are all these people? God, we've we've made the the not a joke because I think it's real now, but making this a Friedkin cast. I don't know if there's anybody I've any director, any filmmaker I've fallen in love with more in the last decade. The movies this man makes and the person that he is, mm-hmm. just a character, character with an incredible vision for film. Is Sorcerer his best movie? We're getting to the point where we need to make a, a Friedkin we list. We might have to do the list. Yeah, we haven't done a list In yet. a decade where he did The Exorcist and The French Connection, I would pick Sorcerer over those easily. Easily. I think I would. I Yeah. I, it's a tough one. That is right, a tough right one. Right now, To Live and Die is my, my closest mm-hmm. competitor for him. But shoot, man. I haven't seen the Chevy Chase one. It's true. Haven't seen Chevy Chase. I haven't watched Bug in 15 years. I haven't years. seen Jade in a while. Oh, God. I can't wait for Jade. Jade's <laughs> next. Uh, if Jade is the piece of shit that every critic said it was, I'm going to hype it up like it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. Exactly. Nothing's going to turn me back now. I've yeah, been you, too excited for a Jade You've cast. made up your mind. You're yeah, gonna I, have, Jade. I have decided just how good Jade is going to be. Yeah, right. No, but I'm getting that same feeling when we watch Snake Eyes. And how many people dumped on Snake Eyes. The moment of excitement I had just thinking to myself right before you and I started. I was just like, shit, watching Snake Eyes. Yeah. It's like, that's that's what I'm going to get with Jade. <laughs> oh, we're doing Jade. We're doing Jade. But man, Sorcerer. I, this, is, this movie is incredible. Somebody called it the last unheralded masterpiece from the 70s. I like everybody that. else is already picked. Like Sorcerer yeah. is the one that that's just going to keep growing. It's it's such a yeah. It's such a great example of what I love about these American movies of the seventies that yeah. him and Coppola and Scorsese and all them were doing. It's just it's like I said, unapologetic. It's action packed. It's thrilling. It feels real. It has some bleak stuff to say about the human condition. And it doesn't preach to you when it does that. And it's got a killer score. And it looks great. <laughs> I mean, what else <laughs> is there, Everything right? about it. There's nothing I would change about this movie. It's one of those movies oh, yeah. where I just... Maybe the title. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love the title just for that end, that black and white font at the end hit. I don't know what the title means, but just seeing Sorcerer while that end theme by Tangerine Dream plays, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. It sounds like some sorcerer shit. If Nick, if Stevie Nick's Sorcerer had played, it's like, yeah, this is the best. <laughs> when Strokin comes on, it's just like, of course. Of course. Of course. Only, Audience is leaving. Only for- William Friedkin could do it. And he does. Came to he this. Did. He did come to this. We lost a big one, but we got so many good things of his to watch still. I'm watching him. This is the rest of the year. This is it. We're doing Deal of the hard. Century. We're doing the Chevy Chase one. All We're right. doing Blue Chips. That We're, is our style. We, we do- still skip The Exorcist. Go to the Chevy Chase one. There's like 20 other Friedkins I'd be more excited to do than The Exorcist. And brother, I love The Exorcist. But if you present to me uh, the Tommy Lee Jones Benicio Del Toro. Yeah. (laughs) The Hunted. hunted? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're doing The Hunted. I can't wait for The Hunted. Oh, man. Did he do some stupid big studio movie in in the 90s that I'm forgetting about? Uh, Rules of Engagement, also with Tommy Lee Jones and wow. Sam Jackson. 
and uh, he did the Twelve Angry Men TV movie. Yes, in the 90s. that's a great adaptation. So, yeah, what is with him taking like fifties classics and having the balls to do just doing Twelve <laughs> Angry Men? Man, I bet Jack, it's so good. Jack Lemmon's so incredible in that great oh, yeah. TV movie. Came to this. I I'm Eric. This. I'm Charlie. It's Thank gonna you be for tough. Listening. It's yeah. gonna be tough going back to Ghoulies Go to College. I know we might have to suspend our Ghoulies uh, <laughs> fun for now. There's a lot more Friedkin to watch, and, and again, like I said, we have so many movies, current movies, we're not catching up on. I thought for sure, man, two, three days ago it'd be, we were gonna be doing Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Exactly, that might be next too. It has to be. That might few, be next. Few too. movies I watched more as a kid than Pee Wee. Oh yeah. Oh man, but Jade. <sighs> yeah. It's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening and good night. <laughs>